the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season. Hello, welcome to this week's 442 Insider podcast, and we have got a full room today. I am pleased to welcome with me Andy Jackson, publisher, Kevin Ayres, online editor. Hello. And soon-to-be new magazine editor, the third king of 442, Aidan Norman. Hello. Uh, right, let's kick off, gents. As always, we started last week, Kev, saying it's, it's never a dull week in uh, the A-League, and true to form, but we'll get into that later. Let's start with the action on the pitch, and... Uh, this second leg of the major semi-final uh, was concluded. Um, Brisbane Raw, uh, three-two victors over the Mariners. Brisbane uh, raced into a two-goal lead, uh, which t- thought killed it. But then uh, Mariners got themselves back into it. But uh, in the end, it was a five-two, and you'd say relatively comfortable victory. Yeah. Ado, what yeah. are your thoughts on the on on this game and then the tie as a whole? Uh, clearly, Brisbane right now have got a psychological edge over the Mariners. Up, uh, it, it's hard. I mean, I picked the Mariners at the start of the season, along with Alex Wilkinson, to win it. And me? Yeah. Oh, I didn't pick him to win it. I picked him to win the uh, the Premier's plate. Right. Yeah. Alex and I, we picked them actually to go all the way and actually finally win one. I'm a little bit uh, doubtful now about whether they can go all the way, uh, especially looking at this performance. This is a Brisbane team that had got into Gosford on the Friday from South Korea. So, magic performance... Uh, they've had two or three days off, uh, well-deserved time off, and uh, right now it's hard to see anyone beat them. Okay, I mean, Kevin, obviously it started in controversial circumstances with a goal on two minutes, which was a real hammer blow for uh, the Mariners, having probably got themselves revved up, you know, for this tie, and then to be a goal down after two minutes. In uh, obviously, I'm sure most people saw it, but if you didn't, there was a controversial offside decision not given. Uh, Mitch Nichols ran completely across Matt, Matt Ryan's line of vision at the last minute, ducked, and the ball went into the net direct from the free kick. Yeah, I, I, I personally... Is that too simplistic to say that, that had a, a, an undue effect on the Mariners? Oh, I think it did. I mean, before the match, we were talking about uh, the tactics to employ, and you're of suggestion was quite rightly that Roar went out and tried to get the early goal and just give mm. Mariners a huge mountain to climb and that's obviously what they did um, I, I don't think it's the, the offside call it didn't strike me as being offside when I watched it I watched it again afterwards I'm still not convinced he was interfering with play oh, Kev no, you I, I just, cannot you can't say that a player that runs from post to post and halfway across the, that the ball Ducks. was the the cross was there to be defended. But Matt there Ryan was is, an is, entire defence, Mariners' defence that stood still. Nobody attacked the ball. Nobody attacked the ball. I don't, I don't, I don't and see it just how. Just straight past well, Matt I mean, Ryan. What was Brian Clough's line? If you're on the pitch, you should be interfering with play. But if the ball is whipped into a penalty area and somebody is in the line of the goalposts. Six, seven yards out from goal, they have to be in the field with players. There's no way that you can't be. No, look, he was six yards out. He was running away from the goal. He was running up on. He was running had back he not on ducked, side. He could have headed the ball. And if he hadn't ducked, then he would have been offside because he had been coming in from an offside position. Therefore, he was interfering with play. But, but he didn't. He did the right thing. He got out of the way of the ball. How can you say just by ducking you are no longer interfering with play? Because because, because that's a feint. And no, so your no. feint as as has, mis- has misled the goalkeeper. So you're interfering with play. Where was the defence 
attacking Forget the ball. Forget that, it doesn't matter. That it doesn't it matter. does, because, if, 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 because if, if, if it headed if the it, Mariners, you wouldn't have said that. If the Mariners had defended that properly, then there wouldn't be an issue. But you can say that about any offside. Can I just add something here, lads? I know. What's your thoughts on it? I, I, I defer completely to Mark Shields' assessment of the situation. He said they got it wrong. Yeah. I, I think it was, a clear, it was a clear offside to me. Um, I don't, if, if Mitch Nichols I, was I think on the other side the, of the box, away from that, that whole stramash, to use a Scottish word, stramash in the penalty box, yeah, definitely. But he was right in there. So it has to be offside, I think. And they admitted that they got it wrong. Look, I think it's, it's when you've you got... The wording as vague as it is in the laws where it's the interference with play, then I think it's open up to such interpretation. And as he didn't touch the ball, he was running from an offside position onto an onside position. He Nobody was a, a attacking the ball from the Mariner's point of view, and it glided in from a free kick into the back of the net. I don't see a problem with that. But if standing. He's, if I can so, also, if he's so I, close if, to the ball, but had he called, not ducked, he would have headed it. If it he had, has to be If it had play. been called offside, I wouldn't be arguing with it either. Yeah. But under the circumstances, I think you just got to swallow it, man up, and and what about come the, back uh, into the game. what about the handball? I thought that was actually that. that to it me, looked that was, it looked a handball. To me. Yeah. yeah, it looked clear. As soon as the hands yeah. go above the waist yeah. and it makes contact, it's deliberate. Uh, you're putting your hands in a position where they're going to, if it gets hit, you should be giving away a penalty. That should have been a penalty. Uh, yeah. The offside, for my money, wasn't. Brisbane, uh, don't now obviously mm. uh, get a week off, week to recover. They're now the host in the grand final, Suncorp. Um, tickets are on sale now to members, I believe, first. Mm. So, um, and a guy like hotcakes. So yeah. Mitch Nichols said he's just bought 40 of them. So. Yeah. yeah, living off baked beans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw somebody else saying that they're. Ticket number is up to 14,000 on the ticket already, fantastic. which is fantastic. Yeah. So, so you know, there were two weeks to hype it up. Yeah. Um, oh, less than two weeks, but uh, 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 this was Andrew's plan from day one, is if you can get to the grand final on this day, you've got three days off for the players who really deserve it. They have a nice lead into the Tuesday night All-Sun game, then a nice bit of rest, and then the weekend game. It's absolutely cherry ripe for another raw I have to uh, say, win. if Mariners were And I did tip the Mariners at the start of the season. I've got to say that again. Yeah. If I think if Mariners ever had a chance of getting past the roar, mm. it was this weekend. Mm. I also found it very interesting the Mariners played last night. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I assumed it was a youth team. No, but like there were people tweeting from there. You know, Matt yeah. Ryan was playing, and it was oh, a yeah, full strength yeah. team. And it just seems like a very bizarre decision to me. But yeah. I could have seen Roar maybe doing that. But unless he's maybe you know, unless Arnie was maybe thinking a few of them needed to just get rid of. Sunday's game, blow the cobwebs out, get back into it. And it did seem of... to be a fairly hastily uh, mm. arranged yeah, thing. Yeah, maybe he thought they needed it. Yeah. yeah. But I think it, didn't didn't Gus uh, have that idea of always playing... Uh, I think we played Liechtenstein before the last World Cup, a nice easy game, brings a confidence back to the players. Mm. Yeah. Could be something to do with that. I don't know if, what the result if, was, if, though. If that was the, the intention, it wasn't necessarily... It didn't really work out too well for them. And the they, score was? They went down early on to 1-0... Uh, to uh, Arconi and then eventually late on Herefield came off the bench to score an equaliser then they got a late winner from Duke uh, yeah it's who's 2-1 one of the, the youth players so it's 2-1 to Manners in the no. end yeah. but not necessarily quite mm. the confidence boost they might have been looking for mm. uh, well the day before uh, we had seen Perth Glory make their way into the preliminary final uh, beating Wellington Phoenix at NIB Stadium uh, in a cracker, mm. extra time. Um, 
final a winner from Howarth in the 112th minute when it looked like penalties might be uh, the only way that they were going to be separated. But um, thoroughly entertaining game. Absolutely. And, and, and Phoenix, uh, what a brilliant second half for them. Um, uh, you know, I think they've done particularly well. I spoke to Ricky the other night and, you know, they've now got a plan to start going from this level in the semis to actually going and making grand finals now. So that's the plan for them. But no, it was a cracking game. Um, I think there was never any doubt that Perth were probably going to win this one given the incredible travel involved in this game. I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah. Phoenix, that's been the big difference for Phoenix this season is being able to go on the road and actually mm. come away with results. And they proved it. I think for most over. of this game, they, they, I think yeah. they were terrific. But um, And the last game for Tim Brown, we should say as well, a terrific servant to the game. Yeah, I was talking to him at the uh, Awards. He's going off to um, Oxford University. Business management. Yeah, London yeah. School of Economics, isn't it? Uh, no. Oh, no, Cambridge, I think he said it is. I think it was Cambridge mm. University, one of the turning. Somewhere posh, anyway. I think, yeah, we'd done a, a feature on him in, in uh, one of our magazines, and uh, I think he was a graphic designer at one point, wasn't he not? Was he? Yeah. <laughs> so a very talented lad. Yeah, but yeah, his fast, uh, last game as a footballer. Um, but it's great to see Perth with the crowds coming back slowly. Um, it's a tough market over there. I've just been there for about eight days, and it's not easy for them, but um, great opportunity to, to perhaps even make the grand final now. Yeah, apparently there was a great story in the West Australian this morning uh, decrying the fact of the lack of media attention for Perth Glory, yeah. given that West Australian are the one who mainly ignore the, the team most. That's quite ironic. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think Perth Glory uh, certainly got a, head, a good head of steam up, mm. and this weekend's clash is going to be a cracker. Yeah. Uh, I still fancy Perth Glory for the final. Myself. All right, we'll save that for uh, Eastern, all Eastern, four, ooh, and we're yeah. going to be previewing the big game this weekend. Um, <laughs> all right, that's it for uh, part one. We'll be back in part two to um, look at the news that's been making headlines on our website, au.442.com, and have a guess where we're going to start. The new issue of 442 is on sale now. We talk to Arsenal captain Robin Van Persie about how he became the most lethal striker in the EPL and Man City, while United legend Dennis Law answers your questions. Come with us to Russia to catch up with Socceroo Luke Wilkshire. We meet Brisbane Roar's Ivan Franjic and ask whether the tackle is dead in modern-day football. If it's in the game, it's in 442. On sale now at newsagents and the App Store. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. <laughs> Welcome back to this week's uh, 442 Insider podcast. We were just uh, getting very heated <laughs> off air before we might as well turn the microphones on. That's supposed to be the point of this. Um, all right, let's start off with the uh, Tuesday's bombshell, obviously uh, strategically timed uh, for maximum effect by... Uh, Hunter Sports Group uh, on the morning of the A-League Awards, uh, as they had done with Sankin, Sakin, yeah. Sankin Branco, Sakin Branco on the morning of the launch. They uh, top and tailed the season by pulling their support of the Newcastle Jets on the uh, morning of the A-League Awards. It was also the morning of the Australian Football Awards as well, last uh, yeah. beginning of the season, yeah, the same indeed day. It was. Mm. Indeed it was. Indeed uh, it was. So, I mean, let's start. Where do we start with this, Kev? Um... We were talking about this earlier, and it is an abominable act uh, of betrayal to the people, the football supporters of Newcastle, who were given all these pledges by Tinkler when he took over, uh, and who's used it to leverage his way into controlling the Knights as well. Um, However, having said that, I still do actually have a little bit of sympathy for him. Uh, I think the FFA, his main gripe is, of course, that... uh, 
he was charged almost four, uh, five million uh, to buy the jet, uh, of which three and a half million was a, an acquisition fee. And the uh, FFA employee who coordinated the deal was uh, allegedly paid some 500 grand. Well, I think he's not an FFA employee, is he? He's just a consultant who he, was he, working who was, at the time. Yeah, he was a go-between. Ken Edwards, yeah. ex-ANZ mm. yeah. stadium. Mm. Uh, he yeah. was working as a go-between for the two and got a 500 grand commission, allegedly, uh, or something to that effect, for making the deal go through. Um, the commission for Ken Edwards, that's... That's his deal as far as I'm concerned with the FFA. And, uh, but you can imagine that if that's knife and tinkler, that's going to leave a bad taste. Oh, absolutely. If that wasn't disclosed to him. But I think... Because you know, he's going to be like, well, hang on a minute. Of course he was selling me this as a good idea. He was going to pocket mm. half a million dollars. Oh, absolutely. But anybody who tells you it's a good idea, it's up to you to then go away and find out if it is a good idea or not. You know. But he uh, was working for Tinkler at the time. He was working yeah. for Hunter Sports Group. You would think that... I was mean, he actually working for yeah. Hunter Sports Group yeah, or was he, was he working yeah, for the no. Jets? no. I thought he was no, working. I thought he was working for Tinkler. Yeah. I thought he was in, he was the chief executive no, no, no. of the he Jets. He was working for Hartley no. Sports Group because he was he was the front man when they bought the Knights as well. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Mm. In that case, yeah, uh, I'd be pissed off with that as well then. Uh, but the three and a half million, uh, you have got to say that it looks like the FFA saw him coming. To be honest, you know, here's a billionaire. Uh, what can we get out of him? Forgetting the fact that they're going to have to work with them. Mm. For ten years afterwards, uh, and do you not think he's going to, you know, at some stage have a chat with somebody else and discover that they only paid half a million or a million uh, to take over their clubs? And it, the FFA's argument that it's an it's a market value, yeah, it was a market value because that's what the Jets paid for it, but it doesn't mean it's the going value. Uh, if the Bris if Brisbane playing bought, devil's advocate, if you expect if you go in the market to buy Man United, you expect to pay yeah, more than if you buy. But Rick how much did the backers pay for Brisbane Roar, mm, who were sure. who were yeah. reigning double champions when they bought it? Yep. Uh, that's the fair comparison, and they don't appear to pay anything like what uh, a Tinkler's paid. Uh, Adley, but he still paid it and shook on it. He still paid it and took uh, shook on it because he was told it was a mm. standard. F Allegedly told it was a standard fee, but nevertheless, it doesn't matter. But a little bit of research, it, like Google, could have told you that that wasn't the case. Well, not necessarily, because you don't. Because there is this lack of transparency, and right. I hate hate that phrase. But there is no published accounts that go into that kind of detail about what people are paying. You rely on the information you're being given by either the FFA or your rival club owners, and they're not necessarily going to tell you the truth. Uh, they have apparently been trying to get that figure from the FFA ever since, and the FFA have been reluctant to give them the accounts of other clubs, which you can understand, but by the same token, they have been prevaricating on the exact specific details of what they paid for the clubs. So I've, I've got some sympathy with Tinkler over that, but I think this huge, completely huge dummy mm -hmm. spit to yeah. pull the plug is complete overreaction. Uh, however, I don't know where the FFA goes with this one. Yeah. You can't make them stay. Well, I, I mean, you know, Benita Merciard wrote a piece on um, the Australian Sports Business Insider website talking about the meeting where they met prior to meeting the FFA. From that came the joint committee. Um, but then supposedly there's been issues after that because at that meeting, the FFA... Um, Broach subjects of sort of you know another team or whatever, and then unbeknown to the other club owners, 
four days later, they're announcing the Western Sydney team and the fact that they're going to be bankrolling it, mm. um, which, yeah. which was a massive cause of uh, issue that led to this, apparently. Yeah. Um, because the other owners are expecting to bear losses, and then on the other hand, the FFA is saying, on one hand, we're not a bank anymore, mm. and then on the other hand, they're going to launch their mm. own team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a wider issue here. I mean, the, 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 there's no doubt about it. If you speak to the people who know the owners of these clubs, there's a, there's a lot of resentment towards the way the, club, the, the league is run. Um, I think uh, there was a quote from an insider in Gold Coast that said that um, Clive Palmer didn't mind making the losses. He just wanted to know how it was all run. And he felt that he was kept out of the loop. There's a billionaire's club here that we don't know anything about. And I think there's egos involved, as we know. Probably never will, I don't. Yeah. Exactly. Not working in football. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not Australia. (laughs) Yeah. um, Um, No, I I think there was actually another thing in that uh, email that I think was actually a key point, telling point as well, was uh, the FFA announcing that they were going to be withholding the, the final grant uh, two clubs uh, from the TV money, which amounts to a quarter of a million each club, because they were going to then have to fight the legal. That was to pay for the legal fees to yeah. fight the PFA and Newcastle Jets over Jason Kalina's uh, insurance issues. Uh, and I think you know that was a very telling point by the FFA hmm. saying, "Look, <laughs> you're going to have to you to the other clubs. You're going to be losing money because the Jets are fight are take are suing us hmm. for this." Uh, and it isolated Newcastle Jets, I would imagine, amongst mm. the other owners too. Mm. Uh, but you know, we've, there's just so much going on in this because the Gold Coast United were essentially the team who weren't insuring Jason Kalina at the time he was injured. They were self-insuring him. They were happy to pay out his contract if he was injured while he was working with them. But when he left to go somewhere else, that pay stopped. That deal stopped with Gold Coast United. Uh, Jets are suing the FFA because the FFA didn't make sure Gold Coast United were suing Jason Kalina. Insuring. Uh, sorry, insuring yeah. uh, Jason Kalina. Uh, rather than mm. Jets actually turning around and suing who they should be suing, which was Gold Coast United, for not properly covering the player. Uh, so it's it's billionaires. But when it becomes the Newcastle Jets player, isn't it their job to insure their own player? No, but he w- he, the insurance payout would have applied to the time when he was with uh, right. mm-hmm. a Gold Coast United. And if he had been insured then, then that insurance policy would have continued on when he was with uh, the Newcastle Jets. Once he arrived at the Jets, because he was already injured, he couldn't get insurance. Right. Uh, so I mean, I, I, look, I, I mean, that, by the way, I just saw Jason Clean a couple of hours ago at the SFS working out. He looked quite fit, actually. So, uh, I mean, that aside, um, this, this whole way in which billionaires have their... Sort of re- talk to each other. I think I think Lowy really needs to step in here with these billionaire owners and be able to. Um, I think somebody said the other day that you know Clive just wanted to be loved. You know why wasn't Lowy, you know, doing more? I mean they they talk their language. You know we don't talk we don't know how they talk, talk to each other. They talk a language of their own, and you know I just think there should have been more done. I think, I think the question is, is, a better is like, relationship. You know, given what's happened with two billionaire owners, is that the future of the A-League? Because it certainly doesn't seem that way, because it's no guarantee that the club will yeah. be around longer than... Well, I mean, before the season started, Aidan and I were having a conversation that it felt like it was A-League version 2, proper version 2, 2.0, where we've got new owners in almost all the clubs. Mm. They all should have been going in with their eyes open that they knew that they weren't going to be making huge profits, that it was going to cost them a lot of money. Every, the mistakes had already been made. They were there for people to realise and see. 
uh, and it was long-term contracts with all these new owners. Uh, but it seems to have unraveled f- pretty bloody quickly. Uh, and yeah, there needs to be some something. Obviously, clearly needs to change because you know it, we've run out of billionaires already mm. uh, to take over clubs, and we need to keep ten clubs going. As I mean, do we level. need to, to do what the NRL does, which has a, a commission that runs the the actual league rather than their governing body? Which well, is the, the model in the A League at the moment? I mean, every, everything's talking about the model at the moment. I, th- I think an independent, separate body running an A League. I think that you're separating it. You know, you can look at the merits of separating it, as in, you know, it does its own sponsorship deals. Yeah. You know, like it, it would give a greater say to the clubs. But then the other downside of that is how valuable is the A League without Socceroos from a TV perspective? You know, if it's mm. on its own, it's on its own. You know, and how valuable is the A League? as a TV product. I, ju- I just think that, that that gives them, as a group of people, an, a vested interest in building the brand. Oh, of course it does. Yeah. But, you know, it's not a vi- in my opinion, I don't think it's viable as a financial model at all for it to go independent. Because if you are standing by yourself, the cost of putting on the A-League uh, broadcasts is monumental. Huge. Five outside broadcasts every weekend, HD, teams all over the country flying around, that's massive. I mean, SBS were prepared to broadcast one match uh, a week, I think, from the A-League, and they expected the FFA to pay them to do that. Uh, and it was the same deal when the W-League deal came up, that uh, SBS were happy to do it if they paid them uh, to broadcast it. It's a seven-year so, itch, isn't know, it, with the A-League? If, if you're going to go take the A-League to stand by itself, you've got to say to a, Fox, to a prospective uh, TV company, well, what are they going to get out of this? Because the, the production costs are huge. Free-to-air is going to not get that money back in advertising or, uh, ratings. Uh, Foxtel are going to potentially get subscriptions, but they want the Socceroos as part of that because that's where their real money is uh, and where they can make a profit. And if you're separating the two, it's not viable. It's really not viable. I think the, the, the biggest issue for me at the moment is the, 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 the need to find a way as to how you can make it an attractive prospect to invest in an A-League club. Because it's not at the moment. What do you actually own? If you own an A-League yeah, club, model. what do you own? You don't own a stadium. <coughs> None of them do. You don't own your own logo. You can't produce a T-shirt without the FFA's approval. Mm. Um, so, so where are you going to get your money back? Mm. Because, yeah. because if you come to sell it, you need the FFA's approval to who you're going to sell it to. You know, So, so the danger is, is that you know, we, we just rely on the, the do- benevolence of people that are, are able to lose millions of dollars. And to there aren't that many extent, people of them there. We are mm. leaping to the, to the conclusion that you either spend a shitload and lose millions or you don't get involved at all. Whereas I think you, you can look at Adelaide United. These guys came in with the, the sole uh, intention of making trying to make a profit but at least breaking even. And as far as I know, they've gone pretty close to doing that this season. And that's even with a good squad, uh, which underperformed on the pitch. So it can be done. But if, if, if you want to go in all guns blazing, you can, you know, as Newcastle Jets did, you know, subsidise the costs, uh, subsidise travel, spend big on players uh, to a certain extent, uh, and spend big on marketing. Uh, you will get the reward further down the line with that. Mm. So, but it costs you a lot up front. Uh, it's getting that happy medium between the two or just accepting that you've got to spend a lot of money. But I think the FFA does need to loosen the grip 
essentially, but without giving them complete, uh, giving the clubs complete autonomy. Mm. If you it do seem, that, things are never. It expand. seems like yeah. they're doing that slightly. Obviously, with the news come that, that Schweppes will not be renewing as a centralised partner for the FFA, and so now the FFA have said that they won't be going after a centralised partner, and the clubs are willing. We're able to now go out and do their own <coughs> drinks deals and whatever. Yeah, um, and that's that's a step forward. Yeah, know? but one of the other problems is you, if you're, you know, an obvious target would be beer companies or whatever, but you can't offer porridge because you don't own the stadium. I think. You know? so I mean, if you look at if you look at the AFL, you know, when they expanded and when they looked at the the whole code. Management rights at stadiums was it was a key part of their strategy, and I think that's something. There's so many things that we have to look at. Management rights at stadiums mm. is a key issue. Uh, the model of how do you generate income yourself rather than relying on on the FFA, and there's a lot of, as you know, with the way it works, there's a, there's a lot of restrictions on that. So I just think that the clubs, I think it's just a, an example of how the clubs are just feeling extremely frustrated. Most of the clubs, it is, uh, on the way the model is set up. And also, I had a, an agent say to me the other day that he felt that the salary cap was originally there to make sure that clubs don't overspend. Now it's actually gone the other way. Well, you have to spend is it 85% yeah, of it? that's right. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's actually it's actually gone the other way. It was actually originally in for a good reason. Now it's actually gone the other way where they're yeah, having to spend. you can't do it on the cheap. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, interesting debate. <sighs> One that I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll rage on. Uh, on the morning of the awards as well. But, you know, it looks like that if... Um, Certainly in the short term, this is another club that the FFA are going to have to fund because we can't go back to nine teams. You know, that was the very reason for launching Western Sydney in a hurry was the fact that we needed ten teams for the new TV deal. I think where the FFA are uh, on strong ground is their contract is presumably pretty much watertight and it looks like it, it probably is. With HSG? With HSG. And while they probably will never be able to persuade... Uh, or should try to persuade HSG to, to go back and pick it up and start all over again, unless there's a lot of clever negotiation and giving and taking on both sides. Um, what they can do is begin legal action against them, run the club uh, and incur the losses. It's fairly safe in the knowledge that any losses they incur, they will eventually get back from HSG. Uh, but it's going to take deep pockets in the FFA's behalf. But long term, I mean, obviously that's a short term strategy. Long term. Given, given Tinkler's sort of ownership of pretty much everything in that region, I mean, are they going to be able to find anyone in that region to, to well, come in and run the club? Yeah. There's the a guy other, who runs yeah, a shopping centre up there. The thing that does concern me is what the stage play is with the stadium deal. Uh, because I'm pretty sure when they got the Knights and the Jets, they effectively got complete control off the stadium as well. So does that mean they can shut the jets out of uh, Energy Australia? Uh, that would be an issue. That would be yeah. a huge mm -hmm. issue if it is true. But there's obviously a lot of a lot of things that need. We to should be also say there's a fan rally on Friday. This comes out on Friday, Sam. Yeah. So today this will be out. Yeah. So there's a fan rally. I think tomorrow. Right. Uh, at, at the stadium, and all the fans in Newcastle are trying to get down there. Yeah, there's another one on the twentieth as well. Yeah, I think. Uh, so I mean, that's the collateral damage. Is the you know the kids who play football who want to play for the Jets? Yeah, I mean it's know? it's the elite pathway that uh, had been opened up. It's now been slammed shut. It's the fan ten thousand fans who had adopted the team as theirs, uh, and again and changed their colours to yeah, you know, match uh, the Newcastle. Nuts. I mean, it, it really was an act of treachery by uh, Tinkler to to do this this way. Um, unforgivable. I think he'll, he'll live to regret this as well, I think, ultimately. As was said to us. 
All right. Uh, any other news? The uh, awards did go ahead that same evening, and we were there. Um, full list of winners: Johnny Warren, medal winner Thomas Broich from uh, Brisbane Raw. Bit of a surprise that one. Uh, I thought it was a huge surprise. Given he missed um, a big chunk of the season. I reckon it was pretty universal surprise as well. But again, <laughs> the top three were Broich, Archie Thompson, and Bessart Barusha coming in, I think, third. Who was ineligible? Who was ineligible because yeah. he'd been suspended? Yeah. Uh, so you know. It's a popul- It just seems to be like a popularity contest mm. more than anything, uh, and disappointing to be honest, because I think fans like probably deserved it. Yeah, uh, we we had a chat about this at the and on the night at the table, and yeah, we can't really couldn't really see beyond him. Uh, but Broch, without a doubt, was a fabulous is a fabulous player, was a fabulous player, especially last season, but just got slightly overshadowed by Marcus Flores, uh, and this kind of compensates from missing out last season, mm. but. I still don't think it was necessarily the best choice. Okay, I, I, I just I, I agree. I just think that if you know you look at Schranzreich's game as an attacker and a defender, he scored how many goals? And he was a solid defender all year. Yeah. Played all season. Uh, for me, it was a shoe in that he was going to win it. So it was a surprise, but it's good to see somebody like a, a Broich win it. But I think it should have been Schranzreich. Matt Ryan had a, had a good night, yeah. winning uh, NAB Young Football of the Year and uh, Goalkeeper of the Year, the Golden Glove. Uh, Nike Golden Boot was taken by Bessart Barisha with 19 goals. Goal of the season, Carlos Hernandez's rocket for a victory versus the Mariners. Coach of the Year, Graham Arnold, deserved? Uh, I wouldn't argue against it. I mean, yeah. I, I think uh, he... Was, we were putting together a team of the season for uh, the grand final uh, program, and it was a toss-up for the coach for that. And we came down to Arne because Ricky Herbert put up with a lot of shit before the season uh, came through. Ange Postecoglou did what he did last season and has gotten very far, but Arne's had a constant barrage of issues to deal with all season long. Wages not getting paid, top players getting sold out from under his feet, mm. uh, and he's still managed to to claim the Premier's plate and get himself into the grand final potentially this weekend. Uh, so yeah, no, I think he deserved it. Cool, fair play award uh, was Brisbane Raw. Uh, the women's game, which was also it's the first time that the uh, the two awards were simultaneous, uh, A League and W League, which was a nice initiative. Uh, Julie Dolan medal, Sally Shippard. Um, Young player of the year, Ashley Brown from Melbourne Victory. W League players player of the year, Lydia Williams from Canberra. Bit of a clean sweep from Canberra, mm. as you would expect, being unbeaten all season. Um, golden boot, Michelle Heyman, Canberra, 12 goals. Goal of the year, Rachel Quigley for Adelaide United, overhead kick. Uh, coach of the year, Yitka Klimkova, Canberra United, who uh, dropped a big hint that she'll be back next season on the night. Um, fair play award was shared between Canberra and Melbourne Victory. Um, w League Referee of the Year was Kate Jakovic I don't think anybody else referees in the W League because she's won it every year mm. <laughs> I think there is only one referee <laughs> uh, Kev surprise in the A League Referee of the Year Jared Gillett, young referee huge, huge, huge surprise I don't get that one at all uh, I don't know how they came to that decision at all uh, Strawberry Dolovsky is still the best referee in the A-League head and shoulders has been since it started uh, I know he missed the beginning of the season with a, a back injury but even still Jared Gillett just, why? why? I, I just nobody can answer that question for me Okay. Um, youth League player of the year Nick Fitzgerald from Brisbane Raw Golden Boot Youth League Mitch Malia from Sydney FC with 13 goals 
and Fair Play Award in the Youth League Brisbane Raw. A um, few awards from later in the evening. Most drunk person at the after party, Ricky Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> it was his birthday, so he was forgiven. That was um, because I went home early for a change, I have to point out. <laughs> nicest bloke. That's definitely Paul Eiffel. As nice in person as I thought he was going to be. What a lovely gentleman. And his, uh, his partner, Ellie. Lovely. Um, so yeah, to four four two's Paul Eiffel. Good to meet you. Finally, can uh, I can I add an award? Yeah, add an award. Go Hi- for it, hipster award. fashion award, James Brown. Oh, easily. Yeah, absolutely. Hipster and, fashion. Well, yeah, it, you it would was, expect. It was really. a Chad Gibson hipster fashion award. Yeah, exactly. Sponsored by Chad Gibson of <laughs> yes. Fox Sports. Um, uh, what else? It was a, a, a best acceptance speech. Rachel Quigley. Yeah. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely brilliant. Practiced the, the uh, overhead kick <laughs> on a trampoline and still admitted it was still a massive fluke. Yeah. Uh, most like it is go about their awards, probably Brisbane Roar, because they kept tripping over the Golden Boot Award they left lying on the floor. <laughs> and what else? Oh, and uh, Graham Arnold's partner dropped his Coach of the Year Award. Oh, did she? <laughs> Took a chunk out of it on the walk to Star City. So. And managed to uh, hijack the award ceremony uh, to turn it into a marriage proposal as well, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, no, he wasn't buying that on the night, I don't think. No. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, good night was had by all, yep. considering the circumstances. All right, that's it for uh, part two. We'll be back in part three where we are going to look at the Premier League uh, top and bottom race, which uh, took another twist today, this morning. So we'll, uh, we'll cover that in part three. Attention listeners, this is an urgent message for all iPhone and Android users. Here's the facts. Last year, people downloaded $16 billion of apps for their phones, and that number is growing fast. In five years, this will grow 1,600%. If you've ever had an idea for an app, then we want to speak to you. For a free, no-obligation, fully confidential profit analysis of your idea, call 1-800-709-291 right now. At Appster, we make great apps. Here's your idea next. That number again, 1-800-709-291. That's one 800 Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. Well, for all those A-League coaches that moan about busy schedules, take a look at the Premier League. Games were played on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, with all teams playing twice over that period. Uh, team, most teams played Saturday and Monday. Um, notable results, uh, obviously Man United uh, earlier today, uh, beaten 1-0 at Wigan, in probably the surprise mm. of the season so far. Um, Man City, uh, after uh, Mancini declared the title race over at the weekend, uh, and now back in it, 4-0 win over West Brom this morning, um, after losing at Arsenal on, uh, on Sunday. So, lads, at the top now, we've got um, five points in it, but still, obviously, Man United, Man City to play. Um, so, you know, Man U can probably afford one more slip-up. Uh, obviously, if they win that game against Man City, that would probably give them the title, particularly when that, well, that's coming up in about two weeks' time. I think it's the end of April. So, um, what do you think? Glimmer of hope for Man City? Nah. Sadly, nah. I'd... I'd... I think Man City are just uh, limping away from through the end of the season, and I don't know why because you know they don't seem to be struck by injuries. They've still got the same four 0 win this morning. That's yeah. not much of a limp. Oh, it's more of a skip. In, but it's against West Brom. You know they, they, they're, they're winning the games that they should be winning, but Look, uh, they're not winning the big games they need to be winning. Yeah, they can still win the Premier League. So as far as I'm concerned, it's game on. 
Yeah, but I, given the form that they've been doing recently, uh, I think it's still Man United's in the bag. Uh, they turned around uh, what was a, a dominant lead, uh, threw it, thrown it away, and handed it over, handed the impetus over to United. I don't, just don't see United giving it up. I mean, this is the wake-up call. Probably they needed the, not to be complacent for the rest of the season. Uh, they know they will know now that uh, it's still a fragile lead. Uh, but they will just be efficient. They'll be ruthlessly efficient the way Fergie always is. I think Alex did say that they were complacent against QPR after uh, a shocking decision went against QPR in that uh, home win for United 2 He just felt that they coasted. So um, maybe you're right. It could be that kick up the arse that they needed, but I still think it's game on with Man City. They've got to play against Man United. Um, and if they can win the title, you know, it's there to be won. So um, you'd still think that United can hold on, but for City, there's still hope. Okay, the race for uh, Champions League spots as well. Um, Arsenal allowed Stolicin in five points clear of Spurs. Spurs, out, Spurs wobble continues um, with a home defeat against Norwich. Um, and the side that continues really to uh, to astound the uh, the critics is uh, is Newcastle. Strength so, uh, to so strength. They're still in fifth, level on points now with Spurs. Um, you know they had a great Easter break. 2-0 winners over Swansea and then 2-0 winners at home to Bolton mm. I don't you're from up that part Sunderland fan how's that make me feel seeing Newcastle challenging for Champions League yeah look I mean to be fair they, they played really well against Swansea I watched that game in Melbourne and uh, um, yeah it's been a great season for Pardew um, but won I, the last five games on the trot yeah it's just Sissi Sissi has just come yeah. uh, Good, so good for Pardew. Uh, I mean, Demba Ba was doing a brilliant job at the beginning of the season, uh, and looked like you know he was your your most reliable striker almost in the uh, EPL, and then he says come in and just put Ba completely in the shade, uh, which is an astonishing feat. Uh, and Ben Arfa as well. Uh, the two of them two are combining beautifully. Ben Arfa's yeah. goal was messy like against Bolton, uh, just ran from one end of the pitch to the other, mm. uh, leaving a trail of Bolton uh, players sprawling on the ground. Alan Pardew, outside bet, or maybe not an outside bet for manager of the year? I'd, if, I'd, if, they, if he was to take Newcastle to the Champions League spot? I, I would. I think he's more than done enough to earn it, but you can guarantee that Alec Ferguson, 20 uh, EPL titles, will probably walk away with it yeah. because no. that's the way things happen in, in England okay yeah. well at the bottom end um, Wolves look all but confined to the championship now it, it's, I mean when you look back on the decision to get rid of Mick McCarthy in the last 10 games uh, actually the last 9 games they've lost 8 and drew 1 and they've lost the last 7 on the trot it was insane. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, in principle, it's a, a sound idea at that point to change things if you can see that you know. The, Wait, uh, first, is, is have a plan. Yes, that, that, that's, 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 have that's the issue. Lined up. To yeah. actually have somebody yeah. there to step in and take over and bring something new, rather than just go with your assistant. That's that's where they stuffed up. Yeah. Uh, and you know whether or not Terry O'Connor's uh, turns out to be one of the greatest managers in the future. He wasn't something new, which is what they needed uh, at the time. Sam Allardyce obviously wasn't available, so... Yeah. yeah. Uh, Blackburn find themselves right back amongst it with, uh, with four defeats on the trot. They, managed, they found a little bit of a run of form, but are now right back in it, and uh, 28 points. Bolton, 29 points. That's the bottom three. Mm. Uh, then Wigan, QPR, 
uh, <laughs> on 31 points and Villa still hovering around on 35. I can't believe Wigan might just escape I again. I know. That's just astonishing. They just get down there, good goal. Damn and they've only lost it. twice in the last 10 games. <laughs> yeah, they've won, won four, drawn four, lost two. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably mid-table, oh, mid-upper-table yeah. form in the last yeah. 10 games. So every chance that they will. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's a bit of a fragmented week this week with the... Uh, with the FA Cup semi-finals, which we'll talk about separately in the final part. But um, games this weekend, Norwich uh, host Man City. Not an easy place to go, Man City. Um, you know, Travelling over to Norwich, he continued to have a, have a decent season, first season back up in the Premier League. Sunderland Wolves, uh, Swansea Blackburn, West Brom QPR. Villa travel to Man United on Sunday, brilliant. <laughs> Arsenal host Wigan. Um, so yes, things could be uh, yeah, could I mean, be very different. Bolly, I know it. You know, if Man City don't go and win at Norwich, and Man United beat Villa, well, I mean, you, you know, know, we're back to absolutely we're back to eight points. This is actually why I don't think City have got a chance because Man A Norwich are uh, on a run of good form. Two mm-hmm. wins in the trot, just beaten Spurs. Uh, if they don't go into this match full of confidence, uh, I'd be very surprised. And Man City struggling, just struggling. Uh, and you wonder how long they'll hold on to Paul Lennon. Swansea Lange. bubble seems to burst a little bit. They've lost the last four on the trot. Yeah, but against tough opposition, you know. Uh, Not the biggest squad. Might be running out of steam. Exactly, yeah. Oh, well, having said that, <laughs> tough opposition, QPR. Yeah. Um, and let's just have a word for uh, Brad Jones, uh, mm. who uh, came off the bench. Obviously, Pepe Rayner got sent off. Uh, and then the number two keeper, Donny, got sent off early. Uh, and Brad Jones came on. It was his first, first touch first in the Premier League. League. First touch, his first touch was to save a penalty, which he then uh, pointed to the sky and uh, dedicated to his uh, his late son uh, Luca. Mm. Um, obviously, we know the, the tragic circumstances surrounding that, so it was great to see him get his opportunity and take that. And bizarrely, now as a Wembley game coming up, mm. as yeah. uh, first choice keeper. And that was the same week that his uh, new son was born as well. Oh really? Uh, yeah, Nico Luca. Nico, Nico Luca. Was just born this week. Yeah, wow, I didn't know so. that. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, rollercoaster weekend. It was a rollercoaster match for him as well. Another penalty. Yeah. Which he gave away and was lucky to escape yeah. the guard. Uh, so yeah, uh, what a week. Mm. What, a, what a month. Yeah, and the FA Cup semi Those rare list of things. An Andy Carroll winner um, in injury time shows that, is, that he can still head a ball, yeah. if not kick one. Yeah. Um, all right, that's it for uh, part three. We will be back in part four to preview. Uh, the death or glory match between the Mariners and Glory at Blue Town Stadium and also the FA Cup semi-finals to so join us after the break. The new issue of 442 is on sale now. We talked to Arsenal captain Robin Van Persie about how he became the most lethal striker in the EPL and Man City, while United legend Dennis Law answers your questions. Come with us to Russia to catch up with Socceroo Luke Wilkshire. We meet Brisbane Roar's Ivan Franjic and ask whether the tackle is dead in modern-day football. If it's in the game, it's in 442. On sale now at newsagents and the App Store. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. We've just been looking at the uh, fixtures for this weekend and uh, declared Saturday football TV day, so the, the wives and girlfriends are going to be delighted. Um, Mariners versus Perth Glory, Blue Tongue Stadium, Saturday 5pm. A place in the grand final and a trip to Suncorp awaits. Boys, how's it going to go? Ado. 
I just I think we were talking about this before. I just I've just I've got a feeling glory this could be Glory's time. You know, I did tip the Mariners to go all the way this year, but I just sense right now if there's a team that's more on form and a striker on form, Glory. I'm just gonna tip them. Well, you use the words, you know, within games and within seasons, Kev, that word momentum, you know, we talked about Wigan who are you know, just sort of get that momentum at the mm. right time. Is that the case here for Glory? I they? think it very much so. Is you know, uh, Smelts is on fire. Uh, Mariners just uh, we said I've said this every week for the past three or four weeks. They're just limping through to the end of the season. Uh, they did you know, surprisingly well uh, against uh, Roar uh, last weekend, uh, and it's the avenue that I suggested that they should look at. Uh, before the, in the previous podcast, where you know Kwasnick, McBreen, yeah, uh, the veterans, a yeah. bit of experience, maybe not the most fast, the, the fastest, <coughs> most mobile strikers, but they know where the goal is and they find it and they can pull out the goals when needed. That's it's. I've got a feeling it's going to be a bit of an old school soccer mm. match uh, on Saturday. You know, uh, counter attacking Arnie style, uh, even at home and. Uh, Direct style, as Hanberger very politely put it uh, on Tuesday night with um, a with Glory. Uh, it's going to be a cracking match. Cracking match. It could be a red card or two. Could be a could be a broken. Yeah, I mean, do you think we're going to see two nervous teams? You know, like that are going to be. It's going to be safety first. It's going to be right. Let's give nothing away for the first half an hour. Let's just. I, I think that you've got two managers who I think at their core are fairly. Line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot on the line. Two, not conservative managers, but I think they'll 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 feel they don't want to lose the game in the opening thirty minutes. So yeah. I think I, it'll I be. I see a, the Mariners taking the game to them, though. To be honest, I, I, I've got. A you fight. can't, or you can. No, I can. I've got a feeling they will try and come out the the uh, the gates. Uh, all guns blazing, uh, and they will try and get that early advantage and force uh, Glory to come at them to open up more at the back, uh, more opportunities for them. And it's interesting the comments of Danny Vukovic, one of our one of our favourite players in the league, talking about the the so-called lack of cauldron at the Mariners Stadium, which I think has fired up a few up up in Gosford. Yeah, There's only three sides. So yeah. Clark, by definition, <laughs> by definition, it was struggle to be a cauldron. Because <laughs> everything, all, all the liquid would fall out. You'd be starving. It's that dinner, my love. No, no, it's just nothing in it. So it's just gone again. But there are trees. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, certainly the, the crowd. Gets up, that no, wind whistling through the leaves. You'd I tell say you, the crowd was disappointing, but talking to. We've got a guy, Dan, here who's a Mariners stalwart. Uh, was saying that the ticket prices for the game were twice as expensive as the regular season. Yeah, $30. I mean, relatively speaking, yes, twice as expensive as expensive, but 30 bucks is not expensive, I don't think. Uh, for a finals game, 30 bucks, we were paying that for regular season tickets until very recently. Uh, I, th- I, I think it. You've got to say it was a disappointing crowd. Do you think and it was more that people had they thought, we're not going to win this, we're going to have another home final yeah. in a week's time, let's save our money and go to that one? I think there is a bit of that, but there's also... I just, I mean, the weather wasn't great as well. But, it, was, it was a wet day. But still, it's a finals match that can get into the grand final. So. Yeah, I, I do think there's also the, the fatigue, finals fatigue of the top two meeting each other over and over mm. again, uh, which is... I can understand the finals... Thing in Australia and how it gets attention and excitement, mm. but I just don't think one versus two, two versus one, is and then possibly you know uh, one versus two again in the grand final is necessarily the best way of doing it. I still think first versus six, second. I mean, versus is there three. has there been? I'm just trying to think in the 
formats, in the various formats, has there ever been a time when it wasn't 1v2 that met in the grand final? Certainly it was, it was last year. Yeah. It was the year before, it was Sydney and Melbourne. Is it not the first or second year? Was Sydney, Sydney and Central Coast were. No, because Sydney well, played Adelaide in the in the major semi yeah. and won it. But I think pretty much every yeah. Melbourne versus Adelaide yeah. season two. The only thing we do know is I think I think the stat was eighty five percent of finals of home finals are won by the home. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Won by the home team, but personally, I, I I think if you finish first, you should have a much bigger advantage of getting into the final by playing the the sixth place team. Myself, mm. likewise, you finish second, you deserve a much better chance by playing the fifth base team. But just one off games, you're mm. saying? In my opinion, yeah. Uh, if you want to string it out, then have the the semi final over two legs, home and away, uh, perhaps. Um, hey, the way we go, you might as well string it out and just have. Eight teams player. Well, eight, don't lie. Like, Jackie, you may joke, but they actually tried that once about 12 years ago. Oh, really? They called it the Championship Series for NSL fans, and it went on for so long. <laughs> it's longer than the regular it, season. It felt like it was another season. It went on for so long. Anyone who remembers that, shoot us an email and just, just tell us the difficulties of getting through the Championship Series. So, history, you know, history would be against glory yeah. massively, even though we think of the momentum with them in that I can't remember a team finishing third or fourth making the grand final mm. certainly not in the last two or three years certainly yeah. not 16 um, alright score predictions I know on the um, spot 2-1 to glory yeah in regular time extra time extra time Smelty scores the winner 3-1 to glory 3-1 to glory yeah oh. so I, I think it's going to be an arm wrestle I think it's going to be a low scoring one all extra time penalties Glory on penalties. Vukovic is going to save the winning pe- the and winning penalty. Then smack the ref. Yeah. Again. <laughs> and then run Get off. Banned from run the off through the palm trees and <laughs> dive into the ocean. <laughs> All right. FA Cup semi-finals, uh, part two of our night of football, as we've just declared it. Uh, Super, can we call it Super Saturday? Super Saturday. Yeah. Of course we can. No one's trademarked that. No. Super um, semi-Saturday. Liverpool Everton, nine thirty. Very very Australian. Uh, Time friendly uh, kick off there, 12.30 in the UK. Um, 9.30 Saturday night, live on Satanta, Liverpool v Everton. Tim Cahill vying to be the first Australian to play in three FA Cup finals. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Walking in the steps of the great Joe Mars. And uh, as we said earlier, Brad Jones, mm. uh, Jones from and- nowhere, now playing at Wembley in the FA Cup semi- semi final. Interestingly, I saw Liverpool did actually try and uh, arrange an emergency loan. Did they? Uh, for a keeper. For the say for the semi and get turned down by the FA. So, so they won't have a keeper on the bench. Uh, I think. Well, they got used to it. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Player, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it just does show they don't really have an awful lot of faith in Brad. You would suspect, unless it was just for the bench. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But I presume also because uh, Rainer's red was he's got a three game ban. Yeah. Because it was a straight red for violent conduct. This guy has probably got at least a two. two game ban. So there's another. There'll be another Premier League game as mm, well where. Yeah. They'll have a youth team keeper on the bench, so it's probably more for that. Yeah, especially given Jones's uh, tackling style in the box. Yeah. <laughs> so well, how, do we, how do we see this one going? Obviously, uh, a Merseyside derby makes it difficult to predict. See, I, I would actually have said it was Liverpool's home uh, cut and dried, and then Everton just took Sunderland apart. 
I mean, really, really. I was one Thank of the you, fools who. They, they I, did. I, I was one of they the did. fools who backed Sunderland because I thought it was thirteen bucks or something ridiculous. Uh, and, uh, when are you going to learn, Kevin? Bookies are rarely wrong. When things are thirteen to one, but there's a reason. Apart from Graham Arnold to Sydney FC, because you got in early. The the thing that. That's another thing. Um, the, the theory behind it was Everton were going to put out a, a soft team because of the semi coming up, and they didn't. Uh, and Sunderland, they just and Martin O'Neill has been playing, got Sunderland playing brilliantly, but they four 0 they ran over them absolutely. I'm not sure them. that Mark, uh, David Moyes' squad is big enough to think about a second string <laughs> team. <laughs> no, he's got no, one squad true. and that's it. <laughs> Uh, so, um, not making any bold predictions about this one, I could, could actually see Everton getting past Liverpool. Given no, I, I'm, I'm tipping Everton this one. I think it'd be tight. It'd be yeah. two-one. Yeah. Hopefully, love to see Timmy score the winner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the late winner taking. And he, uh, I mean, Liverpool hate the sight of him because he has a fantastic scoring yeah. record. Yeah. In fact, I think he might be the highest scoring Evertonian in Merseyside derbies I'm sure that, that really? yeah I'm sure he's done that I think John's bringing Timmy Cahill down in the box yeah um, <laughs> give away yeah. the winning penalty taken by Cahill guaranteed uh, fantastic ratings I'm tipping Everton as well I just sense it's their time alright so, um, and uh, the second semi uh, even though it's the day after in the, in the UK it's a 6 o'clock kick off time on Sunday evening which makes it 3am by my geez. reckoning Monday mm. morning uh, Spurs versus Chelsea. Um, Chelsea rejuvenated under Di Matteo, or just rejuvenated by the fact that Villas Boas isn't there anymore. One of the two, take Chelsea. your pick. Yep. Um, Spurs having their wobble under Harry. Um, a prolonged wobble now. A prolonged wobble now. It's, um, this is, is this their slump. chance, one-off game, to uh, to sort of salvage I, something from the season with an FA Cup final? I appearance? can't pick this one. I just can't pick it. I think Spurs and then I think Chelsea. I don't know. I can't pick it. I think it's shit for shit, to be honest. Yeah, they're, they're, neither of them are impressing at all at the moment. Mm. I hope they get to the final simply because then it will shut up all the Spurs fans that go, oh, it's a one in the year. We're going to Wembley. <laughs> no, it's a two in the year. You can forget that. Every time. <laughs> 61, 81. His hands have been on to you oh, again. It's, uh, it's a one in the year. Here we go. So, so there's yeah. quite a lot of Scouse Spurs fans. Oh, around. yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Governor, it's a one in the year. We're off to Wembley. Uh, um, uh, I yeah. think Spurs. I'm going Spurs. Right. They're going to come out nah. one-off game. Going the other way, I think Chelsea are bouncing back gently. It's it's a dead cat bounce, uh, but definitely they're in a better position at the moment than Spurs are, I think. Yeah, I know. I don't know, Chelsea, maybe. Maybe, yeah. who knows. Incisive. Dead cat yeah. bounce. <laughs> okay. I've got, I've got money on a Everton-Spurs double. So... I did the double on Glory and uh, who was the other team? Uh, Glory. Glory, and, Glory and Roar. Oh, yeah. Well. Except, of course, Glory got through in extra time. Oh, that's hard. That always, that's that always hurts. a quiz for that, the that 90 hurts. minute bets. Yeah. All right, well, uh, if you are a Mariners fan or a Glory fan, indeed, get yourself uh, up to Blue Tongue on Saturday. It should be a cracking game. And uh, wherever you're watching your football, hope you enjoy the weekend, Ada. Can we just add that we've just been to a terrific launch for the uh, the best... Uh, yeah, greatest um, ever Australian footballer and yeah. team and female player and coach was launched today. We've just been to the launch at the Allianz, so have a look at the website. There's a story there, and that's a public vote as well. So mm-hmm. you can have your say on who you think the greatest player, greatest team was. Or run by the Johnny Warren Foundation. So yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. interesting. Yep. It should be yeah. good. All right, that's it. 
we will uh, join you next week to uh, preview the grand final. So see you next week. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.